everyone, welcome to In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. My name is Jay Clark. I tell you what, two rounds to go. Everything on the line for the teams vying for a top eight spot this weekend should be absolutely massive. And speaking, the man who is absolutely massive, especially on his fishing trips, just come back from a fresh run. How are you, Nathan Brown? Good to be here, Jay. Looking forward to the finals in a couple of weeks. And the man who fell only three votes short of equaling Gary Ablett's 2013 Brownlow medal win on 28 votes. He bowled 25 that year. Stevie J missed six games. Is that right? Mr. Six, so Gary can count himself lucky. Although I was suspended that year, so I wasn't eligible. How many times has he brought that up with us? The oh. fact that he missed six games, he would have won the hey, Brownlow hey, medal. Hey. I didn't bring it up. Jay oh, I introduced did. me I did. as I like, a nearly Brownlow winner. Yes, I like to put players on a pedestal. Who did you whack? Why did you? What were you suspended for? You I was know? probably suspended two or three times that mm. season. So Come back fresh, though. Every yes. time after you come back from mm. a little suspension. Just a bit of a thug, weren't you? A, 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 just a little freshen up. He you get three votes you, the following week. He accused you last week of having a glass jaw, and you got mighty upset with it. <laughs> you, did, you, were, you did threaten me. He's hey, one and zip, so... Scary man. Speaking of right, speaking of Brownlow medals, Nick Dacos out, as we know, the Collingwood superstar. He's trying to speed up his recovery. Mm. And to do that, he's been in the hyperbaric chamber playing backgammon with the grandmas and grandpas in there. And also um, eating um, bone broth or drinking bone broth, like a bone broth soup to help heal your bones. Dale Morris did that as well, the bone broth, yeah. Well, you famously broke your leg in 2005. Did you try any special herbal medicines? Absolutely, I did. (laughs) Uh, So I lived in St Kilda at the time and um, I had uh, my girlfriend at the time live together and uh, I thought, how am I going to stay fit? Because I can't run, I don't like to swim, I'm not great on the bike either. So I did some Googling and I came across a hypoxic tent. Right. So what it does, it makes you feel like you're up in the in the Alps. You've got altitude hardly tent. altitude tent. You've hardly got any air. But the thing was so ugly. So this massive thing goes right around my bed. So it was like I was like the bubble boy, basically <laughs> yeah, out of Seinfeld. And did your girlfriend have to sleep in the tent too? She hated it. So you went in there <laughs> and you woke up gasping for air, like you you could not breathe properly. I don't know whether it did Sounds anything. Horrific. Did not know whether it did anything. But then I'd had this little bone growth stimulator that I'd put. So it was a little machine oh. on the side table, put the bone growth stimulator on and thinking, this is doing nothing. This is absolutely doing nothing. Very interesting. Great effort from you, Brownie. What did you try? Stevie J, of course, um, to talk at pub. You smashed your ankles. Uh, oh, that, that gets big... brought up a little bit too often. But <laughs> I did have seven consecutive operations on that right ankle. So I had to try something. The surgeon told me I can't keep operating. You're just developing this scar tissue. Mm. And I was in pain. I thought it was going to end my career. But I went and seen uh, a man. So, so Kenny Hinckley's mate down in Mortlake, his son had just come back from China and had practiced in Chinese medicine and seen some miracles. So I went down there. I drove about two and a half hours to Mortlake and uh, he hooked me up with sort of acupuncture needles but then electrodes um, to those needles and turn the turn the voltage up as high as he possibly could. So I was in extreme pain. You so, like half an hour to 45 minutes and I was doing it twice a week. And Miracle. within a couple of months, Good the pain had gone away. So what he, what he actually did is he desensitised the nerve endings in my ankle, so I basically just couldn't feel it. So executed. I never had a problem with that right ankle ever since seeing him down in Mortlake. That hey, what is a left field method? Unbelievable. Mm. There's no limit to this man. There's no limit to this man. And I tell you what, there's no limit to a man that I work with here at Sportsbet. His yes. name's Ollie Jones. So he came over from Manchester many many years ago, and we get along well because I ask him about 
world issues. He's very worldly. He knows a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of things I don't know. We'll ask you, him. He's got an answer for everything. I heard you talking to him about his new shoes this morning. Answer actually. for everything. His new shoes. Um, and he asked me about football. He's yeah. from Manchester, yeah. soccer background. And he's yeah. taken up some over 35 league, uh, the Masters League. So he plays. And he asked me about it. Yeah. And then he said, how do I play on this guy? Because he's playing on this guy this week. I want to take you through a few photos. So, so the guy on the left there is the guy that Ollie had to play on. Tricky. And I said, well, he's big. He's big. Yeah. I, I, you need to use your pace because he is big. But imagine this guy is six foot 11. Yeah. He's 184 kilos. Yeah. And guess what his nickname is? Tiny. Tiny. Nah. <laughs> his nickname is Tiny. But apparently Tiny, who's a farmer for up in the Goulburn Valley, yes. is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. A gentle giant. Plays. Have a look at him. 187 yeah. kilos. And Ollie, I just said, mate, just don't go near him. Just run away for the whole day. Play on him, did, play off him. Uh, there's many, many champions playing up in uh, the leagues around Australia, but he was one of them. Be hard to outmark him, I reckon. You ever thought about Super Rules? No. No. Could you imagine going back with, with the flight and just hearing Tiny behind you? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get <laughs> You'd have a deep voice. You would me. pull out, no doubt about that. Hey, it's time for Are You Sure? <laughs> Righto, Brownie, rapid fire. Are you sure Nick Nat is the most athletic player of the past decade? No, he's not. Not what? most athletic. Uh, what no, about Kudafidis? Gary Ablett Sr., Lance Franklin. Gary Ablett Sr., 97 kilos. Past he decade. was fast. He could jump. Past what? Past decade. Uh, Gary Ablett Sr., still. Uh, Anthony Kudafidis, Lance <laughs> oh, Franklin. You botched it. Hey, uh, Stevie, are you sure Luke Jackson has gone past Sean Darcy as Fremantle's number one ruckman? Yeah, I am sure of that. I think that the investment they've put in to uh, get him across to Fremantle is starting to pay dividends and will in the future. wonder if Darcy become a trade option. Hey, Brownie, are you sure Dustin Martin should head to Gold Coast? This is gathering momentum. Oh, I don't think so. I think Richmond looked after him pretty well. He's looked after Richmond. I'd love to see him play there for his whole career, but I can see the attraction to it, but maybe not. Stevie, are you sure Richmond has checked out on season 2023? Big retirement weekend this weekend against North Melbourne. Yeah, I, I thought they were really disappointing on the weekend against St Kilda. It looked like they lacked a little bit of urgency. Their defensive system was certainly not there. And uh, when they're trying to play for a coach who they believe, you know, they want to take them forward in Andrew McQualter, you would have thought they would have uh, put up a better performance than what they did. Very disappointing defensively. Hey, Brown, are you sure Geelong's reign at the top is over? They've been up there for the best part of two when you decades. talk about the top, are you just talking oh, about making four. finals? Top, top four. Top four. Are I they? think their reign of winning a premiership this year and next year is gone, but mm -hmm. I think they're still good enough to play finals. Stevie, are you sure Callum Wilkie will be in an All-Australian? The, the, the competition for spots in the back line this year's All-Oz teams, very intense. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be really tough to pick those uh, final positions. I mean, you got Darcy Moore there who, you know, is, is not a... Um, dead set certainty. Mm -hmm. um, who else? You got Ballard. You got Sicily. Tom Stewart. Um, there's going to be a couple of unlucky players, and Sam Taylor's a lock. So Wilkie, I think his know. first half of the year form was as good as any defender in the competition. Whether yeah. he sustained that, who knows? So it sounds like a no. Hey, Brownie, are you sure Marcus Pontempelli will be the All Australian captain? Yeah, right? I'm sure. I am sure. I think he deserves it. He's been the best player in the comp, apart from a few. I yep. think he's right up there, and his leadership has been outstanding. He deserves so, it. Uh, for me. Stevie J, are you sure Harry Mackay will improve Carlton's forward line? That'll be the big watch for the next month for mine. Yeah, I, I'm sure of that. I know there's people that are um, thinking that you know he might come in and and. I guess disrupt what they're doing. They're yeah. doing some really good stuff down there. Their forward pressure has been excellent in the, probably the, his absence. So, um, but having him over the 22nd best men on your on your team, yeah. you know, you've got to have him in there. He's just got to play a role. One of the 
keys plays up high, one plays a little bit deeper. Yeah. Maybe keep Kerno one out inside 50. And he's got to kick accurately. That has been Are You Sure? What about this game, the Magpies versus the Lions? Two genuine premiership heavyweights going toe-to-toe -to -toe under the roof at Marvel Stadium. Collingwood missing some key players too. No Nick Dacos, no Darcy Moore, Geordie Goey out, saw from the uh, last weekend. So I feel like the Magpies, Steve, are a little bit on the back foot with some of these injuries. I think the, the Lions are going this uh, huge chance of notching well, upset. Yeah, those three players that you mentioned, they're three most important best players so um, it's a big challenge there for those uh, rest of the squad to stand up against Brisbane who are coming to Melbourne and they need a scalp like this yep. for us to consider them consider them a serious uh, threat come September. So uh, if they're ever going to beat Collingwood, this is the chance, although I'm still thinking Collingwood are going to be good enough. Yeah, Collingwood was so good last week. They were gone at quarter time. Geelong all over them. You lose Darcy Moore. Nick Dacos is already out. Still side bottom as well. They found a way. They found a way to start the win clearances. They found a way to keep the ball in their half of the ground. They dominated the inside 50s for the next two quarters and their pressure they were the Hunters. And I just think if they do that again to Brisbane, big matchup. Charlie Cameron up against Isaac Quainer. Keep an eye on that. Charlie Cameron kicked six last time they played at the Gabba. I think they can handle the tools, but it's where the game is won and lost is Brisbane small forwards. If they get a hold of Collingwood, it's a Brisbane win. But I just think so... Inspired by what Collingwood did after quarter time last week, I can't back against them. What about the centre square? Lockie Neal, one of the best centre square or centre clearance players in the competition. Collingwood have been a bit up and down in that area, um, Stevie. How do you think? Oh, the line, yeah, the Lions uh, midfield is probably stronger than Collingwood's, particularly with Dacos out yeah. and Goey not going through there, who yeah. obviously spends a fair bit of time at the centre bounces and then pushes forward. So they could get a hold of him in there, um, but at the end of the day, it's who's going to be most efficient going forward to Nathan's point. You think both Collingwood? Collingwood just for Yeah, that. I think yep. only just. Tight one. Yeah, I think uh, Brisbane should be fascinating. Under the roof, Brisbane no good at the MCG, but have been good at Marvel. Right, coming up next, we're going to have a fascinating look at St Kilda versus Geelong. A huge game. Steve is going in the coach's office and bacon or egg. will be great on In the Back Pocket. Welcome back to In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet Brownie. Will it be emotional at the MCG on Saturday, Richmond versus North Melbourne, two of the greats bowing well, out? Well, two champions of the game, two champions of the Richmond Football Club, Rewalt and also Trent Cotchin. So good luck to them. They've been fantastic players for the footy club. Rewalt, the announcement this week, 346 games, 786 goals. That is a lot of snags. Let's Matthew wind back. Richardson, happy 800 goals. He didn't get there. So sure. This is Jack Rewalt and his cousin Nick, of course, back when he started, drafted back in the day out of Tassie. Does it remind you? He didn't have any red hair, but you know who he actually looks like? Jack Rewalt. The Shermanator <laughs> yes. of American Pie. Oh, okay. He's a dead ringer. Same shaped head as well yeah. as the colouring. Uh, very good. Yeah, what about annoying. you guys when you were drafted? Uh, Nathan Brown. Oh, Nathan. Come on. Now, lush. look at the thin, wispy hair. It's a look high forehead and just the happiness with yourself. You look like it's a rodent, Stevie. <laughs> yeah, I've got the curly tops and the hot, long sideburns the teeth there. Teeth out the front. <laughs> yeah, the chompers. <laughs> still, still there. Anyone else in that photo, Stevie? Well, the bloke with his uh, arm uh, on, on my shoulder, shoulder actually uh, got, I think, five or six Brownlow votes in his first two games of AFL footy. Who's that? Won an Anzac Day medal in his oh, second Mark game. McGough. Mark McGough. Mark McGough. Yeah, I'll so, possumise. Old Goffey is a very good junior. <laughs> yes. Um, and probably stiff not to play more games of AFL footy. Nice to reminisce. Right, time for bacon or the egg. Uh, 
I'm gonna go here first, boys. My bacon is, of course, the great Collingwood legend, um, Nathan Buckley. He spoke about the succession plan this week, the famous Collingwood succession plan, and basically spoke very honest and open about how it broke relationships, it was a complete schmozzle, lots of ego involved, and that, let's be honest, that Mick Moldhouse um, was probably coaching well enough to continue on rather than handing over the baton. So it was a tense episode, and Buck speaking openly about that, I thought, uh, um, so was how does that egg in the bacon? Yeah, it's well, more could, of an egg sort well, of no, scrambled egg set up. There's no, there's no platitudes. He said that it was a, a full schmozzle, basically. You do know how the segment works, though, don't you? Well, he's being honest so about it. So the bacon, you're committed. You're committed <laughs> he, to something. You are eating a bit. Yep. Where the egg, okay. you're just around the edges. You're the so fancy part of it. Previously, everyone has talked around the edges of this story. Right. Finally, Nathan Buckley got so to the he heart of it. bacon, and, did he? and was honest. He did. He spoke a lot of bacon. Full yeah, plate right, of bacon. Egg. Um, Western Bulldogs, of course. They're the egg for the round. That was a poor, poor loss against Hawthorne at the weekend. The last minute, Tim English kicking out a full back. They are in danger of completely underachieving with this um, side since the 2016 Premiership. The last two games against West Coast, they'll win that. Geelong, tough game. But um, if they don't make the finals, fair income, it will be a huge um, underachievement for the Western Bulldogs. I think there'll be change at the end of the year. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, well, there's changes already starting. Rowan Smith is yes. out of there. So that was disappointing. A very good man, Rowan. But yep. my uh, bacon this week is Paddy Mills. So the captain of the Boomers, he's fantastic. Been playing NBA for the best part of uh, 10 to 12 years. Fantastic player. And there's a lot of players who've been around the edges of that Boomers team who aren't in there at the moment, but he still hustles as good as any player on that court. He, I went and watched him the other night and he was brilliant. The way he got around all his teammates, he is the bacon of the Boomers. Mm. What, you don't agree? What are you, what are you You're a bit of a basketball <laughs> expert now. Yeah, I am a bit of a basketball expert. Have you yes, met Steve Carfino? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my egg. Hey, but egg. hang on. Where's Delavadova? They've cut Delavadova. Talk about a bloke it's, who gets after ruthless. the opposition. It's ruthless. No, he's, he, he done. Now, my egg is... Scotty Pendlebury, and you might wonder why is the egg? Because I don't feel he's fully committed to the Jock and the Journo oh, podcast that he's in at the moment. If you're really committed, yeah. I don't think you take roles like this just for a little bit of extra cash yes. pendles. You're doing a podcast with our man Jay, is and that I it? don't think you're fully committed. Is that the gag? Yeah. <laughs> Every reference you have, you don't have a punchline with the Jock and Journo thing. Give us a Alright boys, I'm going to throw with my bacon uh, for this week is Chad Warner. So Chad mm. Warner, Went through a little bit of a flat patch in the middle of the year. He's coming out the other end, and he's the key reason why the Swans are going to uh, make the finals once again when it looked like they might miss. And just quickly on my egg, yeah. so it's Noah Bolter for his Ooh. performance on the weekend, and Great I'm going to touch on that a little bit in the coach's office. Okay, very good. I like, like that. Yeah, nice Ooh. craft from you, Stevie J. Hey, speaking of craft, it's time to go deep, as you like to say, in the coach's office. Geez, that came All right. quick, didn't it? It did come up quick. So <laughs> with Geelong uh, playing St Kilda this weekend in Melbourne and final spots up for grabs for St Kilda and, yep. so, and also Geelong, it's really important. So I just want to have a little bit of a look at how I think Geelong need to go about this and how they can uh, limit St Kilda's scoring opportunities. So St Kilda have been a team number first in the competition for being able to move the ball from D50 to inside 50. 
um, and they play on at a, a high percentage as well, fifth in the competition. What, what I see down the bottom of uh, the page here is two of those players that bounce off half back for them, who you must keep accountable. So Sinclair's averaging 33 touches and seven score involvements, and Wanganee Malira is having a terrific season, 27 possessions and five score involvements. They're pretty good numbers, yeah, I like the that. players off the half back line. So mm -hmm. you must not allow them to roam and be free. If you send one into the stoppage, don't allow Sinclair to sit at the back of the stoppage. Which Richmond did. Which Richmond did on the weekend. They took an out number at the other end. They took Vlosten at the other end as a spare and allowed Sinclair to be spare for them. And he's too damaging with the ball. So make sure you keep him accountable. And the other one is, and I touched on Noah Bolter. So he's taken the Max King uh, matchup on the weekend and tried to play aggressive off Max King. It doesn't work. If you give Max King a run and jump at it, he's got too big a reach. How to stop him? It's a go, get his body and not allow him to get a run and jump at the ball, which they did in the second half. He kicked six goals, he opened up Richmond, gave them that match winning lead and the game was over. So Geelong won't allow that to happen. They're gonna make sure they engage his body. Um, he's not really strong through the core don't allow him to run and jump, and that'll be Steve. the game-winning move. So Tyler Young went to him after half-time, did a pretty good job. Yeah, he played back shoulder, whereas Noah Bolter was standing 15 metres out in front of him, hoping that the pressure on the ball might be good The way good Darcy enough. Moore plays, yeah. The way Darcy Moore plays, but Richmond's pressure wasn't good enough, whereas Geelong, their pressure up through the midfield, not allowing those players to run off half-back, putting pressure on the ball, and then engaging Max King in the contest Who gets will be the play difference. back shoulder? I think De Koning uh, can take that match up and do a really good job on him. And he definitely won't be kicking six, so they'll be, yeah. you know, if they, if they get away with him kicking two goals, that's four goals less, take away the effect of those half-back flunkers, yeah. and Geelong can win this game of footy. Stevie, I love that. How much do you put that transition game down to Ross Lyon and his coaching strategy? How much? Tell us how much input and influence Ross Lyon has had on that St Kilda. Oh, well, it's a, it's a coaching collective. I mean, they've got a really good um, assistant coaching group as well, but, um, yeah, I think they've got the players there to, that's going to take them in the in the next couple of years towards the premiership. For uh, sure. I like tip. it, Stevie. Quick Good tip. work. Quick tip. Uh, I'll Geelong? say Geelong uh, by about twenty points. Yeah, well, he's almost. I was going to go St Kilda. He's almost talked me into it, but I, I'm still going to go the Saints clubs. I, I think Saints has been the coach's office. Certainly going to be a massive night down there at Marvel Stadium. Right, speaking of huge and high stakes, Adelaide versus Sydney. Adelaide's got West Coast in the final round, so they need to win this against the Swans. Do you think they will, Browning? Yeah, they're a four or five goal better side at home. So Tex Walker loves playing there. Um, he lifts their defensive. Their, their back line at the moment for me, Sydney, is still not 100%, still not cherry ripe. Mm -hmm. And I think their forward half of the ground and their midfield is their strength. But I think Adelaide can match them in the engine room. So Adelaide through your man, Laird. They've got Jordan Dawson in there as well. Uh, Wayne Miller are playing some pretty good footy off half back. So I just feel like they're going to get the numbers in the midfield to give their forward line a better chance than what Sydney will. Swan's sort of back in some form, Stevie. They have been in great form and on the back of some of Chad, Chad Warner's work and Errol Goulden's one of the best uh, midfielders in the competition. He's the one you want kicking the ball inside 50. Mm. Uh, but I agree with Nath. I think uh, Adelaide, at home, you can't tip against them. Yep. And when the stakes are high, uh, they'll get a massive crowd there. Jordan Dawson, you know, obviously captaining against the team he used to play against, who's in terrific form as well. So I think they'll be too good. They win this, the Crows beat West Coast, play finals. Massive tick for Matthew Nix in charge of that Crows side this year I think. Right, coming up next it's Pull Your Head In and we're going to have a look at the D's versus the Hawks on In The Back Pocket.
Thanks for watching In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. Now, what about this? We have to go back to the late 1990s. Craig Hutchison, when he was a humble, sort of intrepid reporter back at the day, just having a look at the Bulldogs. I think it was the Sorrento Beach. Now, Nathan Brown, that is you on the right, wearing the white pants, perhaps unsurprisingly. Yeah. Look at all those. Long hair. Well, what is, what is, why are you that's throwing Luke him into Darcy, the... That's Craig Ellis. Uh, that's Stephen Kolniuk on the right-hand side, number two, and Libba uh, <laughs> just punching him. Look at Libba, pumping himself up as he goes away. But Hutchie had two phones in his pocket that oh. day. Uh, there's the great Hutchie there. So a lot more hair back in the day, didn't yes. he, Hutch? Why would you do that? Uh, they, were, they were hard of the reporters back then. They really hard. worked hard for their stories. They came down. <laughs> they weren't as liked as what they are now. You, you know, I mean, you, you're too friendly. No, they're the, the players superstars these days. now. They're you're bigger too than friendly. You oh. and Barrett and <laughs> Sam McClure. You think you're bigger Brown. than the players now? Uh, don't Hutchie you? did yes. it hard. Hutchie and, took the uppercuts. And <laughs> Hutchie actually landed a little right hook on yeah, you there. Yeah, paved the way for you blokes to be all yes. chummy with the players and your jock and Journo rubbish podcast. Did you fall out with Hutchie, Stevie? I had a crack at him one night when he arrived at our best and fairest sniffing around for a story when Gary Ablett Jr. was about to uh, head off to the Gold Coast. He hadn't quite said that he was going to at that stage, but Hutchie turned up. And that's a night of celebration where we sit back and have a mm. few beers and don't worry about what else is going on in the world. And he was sniffing around for a story, so yeah. I told him to get lost or... Uh, Something else. Chase him out. Um, harsh words. You would have been an intimidating figure at your prime, Stevie. Right, next, Brownie here is going to be talking kicking and the best kicks in the competition, on, yeah. in my opinion. <clears throat> in my opinion, so we're talking about drafting and you just have to draft elite kickers. If you're going to get a midfield, it has to be elite kick top. I mean, players who can't kick the football, who can only win it and then distribute it. There's some players out there who they don't deserve to go anywhere near the top 10. So mm -hmm. players like Nick Dacos, Harry Sheasel, gonna put a graph up here of their efficiency and Will Day. These are the players that you need to be drafting high. Yep. Nothing against the Darcy Parrish, who's a great ball winner. Nothing against the Matty Rowell, who's a great ball winner, but they're getting drafted too high compared to players. Now, guys like Errol Goulden slipped down to 32 because of his size. I'd be saying, let's draft Errol Goulden in the top five. Don't worry about his size. If he can kick mm. the way he can kick, he's gonna make your side better. Caleb drafting Bale. him at yep. that size and that ability is a lot better than drafting someone at Pick five who is athletic and meant to be a great player. So pick the kickers. Probably more of a recruiting trend. I think that most clubs are sort of onto that. Or but certainly they still don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, draft players who can kick. Uh, club recruiters. That's strong from you, Brownie. Hey, my in my opinion, in <laughs> my in my opinion is on the player who is the toughest to tackle in the competition. He's Hawthorne's raging bull, Jai Newcomb. Now, the Western Bulldogs uh, last weekend could not lay a glove on this man, and he is uh, tracking to set a uh, record. Or certainly, uh, you take Dustin Martin out of it. He's, he had 68 um, uh, broken tackles in 2017, that unforgettable season. Jai Newcomb, according to Champion Data, now sits second on the all-time uh, broken tackles. He's got 46 uh, for the season so far, and he is so powerful. He is absolutely crunching through those tackles. Raging bull. We, he's a raging bull. And I don't know, Robbo's top 50, if it's Brownie's, Brownie's top 50, is Jai Newcomb in the top 50 players in the competition to start next season? Uh, he'd be right around the mark. In yeah. the mix, isn't he? In the mix. Not Definitely getting the in the credit. mix. Not getting the credit he deserves and uh, very tough to stop. Right, it is time for Pull Your Head In. Well, my first pull your head in is to Darcy Moore because I feel like he's playing too aggressive at the moment. Even though he did his hamstring 
during, uh, during the game, it was the first 20 minutes, he already had four goals kicked on him. Directly responsible for four goals, just playing way too aggressive. You have to rely so much on your, def- on your, on your midfielders to do the job, but he needs to pull the ski rope and his head in. My pull your head in, Nathan, very good from you, is for the umpires. So, Dan Richardson, you're doing a fantastic job with the AFL umpires, but <laughs> players, are starting, manager, players are starting to exploit yep. getting injured and yep. stopping the game. No and, and I think that it's going to be a ploy. And if that happens in a grand final when there's momentum going with the team Stay down. and it looks like they, they might be getting a run on and a player stays down just because he's been winded or something very small and the umpires have to stop the game, and they get numbers back into their defence, and it wins a game of footy, all hell will break loose. So stop stopping the game for someone that's just been winded. It's only for a knockout. Playing a like it, Stevie. Hey, um, pull your head in. Players at clubs who give players or teammates who leave their club a cook on the way out. So you think about the Gold Coast Suns leadership group when Tom Lynch left, mm-hmm. sat him in a circle, all abused him for leaving. Who's done it lately? You think of Taylor Walker, who did it to Jake Lever. You go back to your days. Yeah. Nathan Brown, I mean, uh, Luke Darcy didn't speak to you for two how, years. Two years after you left the Western Bulldogs. Um, relationship only just repaired. What What's wrong with just saying, mate, you've got a good offer, you've tried hard for your club, and thanks for everything you've done. So is there a new one that you were going to bring up or is he just doing the past ones? Well, we're up to, we're up to the uh, the trade period coming up just around right. the corner. So, it's so a you t- don't want it's somebody a... to give a parting clip? No, just when you left Geelong, how, what was the reaction you got, Stevie? Did anyone cook you for... No, I got delisted. Yeah. But uh, when Gary Ablett <laughs> Jr. Different when you get when Gary Ablett Jr. left, yeah. handshake, hug, thanks for all you've done for us yeah. and enjoy the $1.5 million a year. We wish it was us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, my next pull my head in yeah. is, is for my son. So we went to oh. the basketball, the Boomers the other night to watch against Venezuela, mm. front row, courtside, yeah. and I said, mate, you just got to be careful. I said, you got your drink there, you got your food. Mm. The whole 600 mil bottle of Pepsi all over the floor. They had three people come with mops because it was on the floor. It was getting out towards the edges and they're already playing a game out there, the warm-up game. And I just yeah. said, mate, got to pull your head in. Yes, Paddy Mills could have slipped over. Courtside seats uh, again, mate. Okay, my next pull your head in. Okay, so I don't know if you guys have seen the news over the last week. You should have seen this. So there's a miracle at yeah. sea where uh, a surfing trip gone wrong. The boats... Uh, Crash somewhere and, and they're in searching, the, the searching for four uh, missing Australians for almost two days, lost yeah, at yeah, sea. Yeah. And uh, you'd think you'd contact the closest people to you, um, given they're probably you know, being worried, worried sick, probably yeah. hadn't slept, thinking the worst that you might have died. Yeah. So one of the, uh, the dads here you see in the paper, mm. he, uh, he was excited that uh, his son had sent him a text, said, Dad, I'm actually okay, I'll talk to you soon. Mm. Probably deserves a phone call. Yeah. You would have thought. Yeah. So pull your head in, son. <laughs> if it's the most important man in your life, your dad, give him a phone call and say, Dad, horrific 48 hours. I know you must have been feeling crook in the guts, yes. but I'm safe. Very, very good, Stevie. Um, I liked it. Hey, players are saying that the AFL, the new Sherrins, are too hard and too pointy. Do you agree with that? Are they? So we're hearing? Yeah, that's, that's because they bring, you know, six or eight brand new footies to the game, right? So if a goal gets kicked, that footy doesn't come straight back into the play. They pick one out of yep. the basket and they take that back. So you're always playing with Nothing better footy. than a kicked-in yeah. footy. No. The AFL needs to allow those new balls to go to clubs to train throughout the week um, so they can kick them in. Uh, that has been Pull Your Head In. 
Right, Melbourne versus Hawthorne. Tricky for Simon Goodwin and his Melbourne Chargers. Uh, looking like they won't play a home first final. They, home first final, so they will have to do it a, the difficult way, to be honest, the Demons, if they're to salute this year. They play Hawthorne Brownie. This is going to be a tricky game for them. I yeah. mean, the, the Hawks um, in great form under Sam Mitchell. Yep. He's um, a great coach, and what he's building there, we've spoken about it multiple times on yep. this program, is it a bridge too far to beat the Demons? Real danger game for the Demons. Yes. I think it's going to be close, but I just feel like there's so much at stake for Melbourne. Mm. You've got Clayton Oliver back, who was great in the second half last week. Max Gorn, for me, just controls the ruck this week. Uh, I see Melbourne as the perfect opportunity to build to a premiership. There's Collingwood, aren't going that well. Brisbane, up and down a little bit. It's open. It is so open. Yep. And I think Melbourne are healthy, apart from their forward structure. They'll get Bailey Fritz back, hopefully. But mm -hmm. I just think this is a game to rubber stamp them into the finals. Then again next week, mm -hmm. I can't see them losing. I think it's close, but I think Melbourne win. Stevie, I know the big names are in the Melbourne midfield, but that Hawthorne midfield, you know, trade at Jago Muir and Tom Mitchell, these young um, bucks coming through that Hawthorne midfield, yeah. their numbers in the middle of the ground have been outstanding all season. Yeah, Newcomb has stepped up and he looks like he's going to be an A-grader of the future, Warple's having a very good season. Okay. Moore goes through there yeah. and is dangerous around the centre bounces. Um, yeah. And then they've got young McGuinness who probably comes in and tags Oliver, yep. in it, who was good in his first game or back. Petrarca, so, who'd you go to? Uh, I would probably go to Oliver because Petraka can push forward and mm -hmm. I, I think he'd be a little bit vulnerable there. But um, yeah, they've got a chance. Hawthorne's got momentum and, you know, the D's, every game's been important. They just mm -hmm. haven't been consistent, but you need to be consistent in the last couple of uh, games leading into finals. That's, that's the team that you're going to be backing, the team that wins their last two games of the season momentum. really strongly. Yeah, Demons, Demons for both of you. Yep. Just. Yeah, just as yep. well. Right, $100 play. Last week, did we get some success, Stevie? Absolutely, we did. Have a look no, at that. Ooh. Cozzy, Cozzy, Cozzy. Just the one goal for Cozzy, and that was going to pay about 800 too. So, oh, Unfortunately, you're $300 behind now. <laughs> it's, uh, we, it's we're finishing this, uh, this uh, prelim final green, weekend. Green. I will be in the green. Mm. I will be in the green. Right, I'll be ahead of you. Give us one for this weekend. So I've got all position winners this weekend because uh, Fisher, he's playing half full, gone to half back, so he is good value. Carl Amon been playing some pretty good football. Bailey Scott plays against the Tigers. They won't man up. Jack Zebel, they're just going to give him the ball. Second last game for Jack Zebel, yep. uh, 32 last week. Um, and I missed the other one there, but uh, he'll get 20 as well. Solid. Stevie, what are you doing? I mean, did Amon have on the weekend? Amon had 27 last did week. He? Good bet. I'll bring up mine now. It's uh, I've gone with a couple of head-to-head. -head. So, GWS, Geelong, and Adelaide head-to-head, -head. and then I've got Toby Green kicking two-plus goals. You're worried Andrew against McGrath the goes to him. Uh, Andy Ooh, McGrath is a very good defender. Very he, good. he gets the ball in hand, but he also defends his man, and he'll probably get that matchup. Uh, Rory Laird is still an underrated player in the competition. Let's get Laird. No doubt. Let's get Laird. All right. So, mm -hmm. twenty-five plus there. I'm going to give you some help this weekend, boys. I'm going to jump in on the hundred-dollar play this weekend. Late in the season, I've got a few head-to-heads. I think Brisbane. Massive chance, of course, to not to upset over Collingwood, missing a couple of key players. Richmond, surely Jack Rewalt, Trent Cotchin's last game. Mini McWalter can lift the Tigers. Don't be surprised if the Kangaroos get up. Pop the balloon. Mm. That would be disappointing. And uh, my last one, GWS, to beat Essendon at home. The Giants still in the finals race. Nathan Brown, you've been fantastic in the fishing shirt again. Well done. And uh, Stevie J, we'll listen to you, of course, across the weekend. Thanks so much for joining us on In the Back Pocket. We'll see you you next week.
You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.